Ladies and gentlemen, if we could have your attention, please. We're now ready for the main event. We have a tag team, Pastor Joshua, Pastor Jason, <laughs> Pastor Jason, Pastor Joshua. In this corner is Pastor Jason. And they're going to take on the enemy of your soul today. And they're going to tag team, and I want you to listen carefully, because today we're going to see victory for the kingdom of God by His two servants who wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spirits of wickedness on your behalf daily. It, it just feels really inappropriate to be sitting down after an introduction like that, doesn't it? I mean, I feel like I've, I've, gone, I've gone off a little bit. Well, listen, we're really excited because um, we wanted to share uh, today. We wanted to have kind of a family chat. We wanted to sit down in the living room and talk about what we've accomplished together uh, this year and what we look forward to continuing to work together on until Jesus brings heaven to earth. Does that sound like a, a good subject matter? So, um, so we thought, well, what better way to do that than to both of us come up here and, and talk a little bit about that. And so I want to start with, um, with sharing. And if any of you have, have ever come and set in on a newcomer's, you know, a, a newcomer's lunch, how many of you have done that? How many have been to a newcomer's lunch? Okay, then this is going to be just a little bit of review for you. But I realized that some of us have been coming to Christ Center for quite some time and, and may not have heard some of of the themes and the philosophy that Christ Center as a family um, operates um, under and through and the way that we view the world and the way that we serve with each other to extend the kingdom. So we're going to start by talking about that. And, um, and so the first thing we're going to talk about is we're a family. This, this all starts, everything about the kingdom of heaven, everything about what Jesus came to share is that you have a father. You are not an orphan. You have a father, and he was not willing that anything would separate you if you should choose him, that you could be back in his family. And so Christ came and died and rose again to reconcile us back to that father. He is the firstborn of many. And what is he? He's a son, which means when you come into the kingdom, you don't just come in as an individual someone who prays a prayer and then individually has a relationship with the Lord. That is true, but it's bigger than that. It's better than that. You're part of something bigger than yourself. You're part of a relationship that's larger than just you and your personal connection with Jesus. You're part of a family. And so anything that we're doing here as a tribe, we recognize that we're a family. We're immediate family members. The Bible says that God has planted each of us in geographic locations, at geographic and, and times in, in history. <laughs> I said geographic twice. That was kind of awesome. He didn't say it that way. He said it a lot smarter than I did. Uh, but that he plants us in places at certain times to accomplish his will and his work. That means you're part of a family. It means you're born into a family. And being with that family is what brings context it's what brings quality. It, it's what brings strength. It, it's what brings beauty and purpose to what you're doing and to what we're doing because you're part of a family. 
So I don't know how else to say it, but it's great news because you are part of a family. I was just thinking how many of you probably have noticed we don't have membership here. We don't have membership classes. We don't have anything like that when you're on some kind of roll. And we, we've, we've talked about it, and a lot of churches do it, and that's totally fine. We don't want to tear that down at all. But the emphasis here at Christ Center is that we're a family. So it's not about having your name on a list. It's really about being together. And that's, uh, you know, when we, when we do things, we like to do things together, um, not, not individually. We're, we're not a bunch of lone dogs. We come, we come together, um, and we get to know each other. How many of you guys really experienced that when you first came into this? Maybe you just joined the community, and you just felt like enveloped by a warm blanket of, there we go, claustrophobic love. There we go, right there. Uh, that was us too. When we came, we did not come here to join the church. We've been here four and a half years. Can you believe that? We did not come to, to, to come on staff or anything like that. We, we came um, because we needed to be uh, at a place where we just had a community of people that loved us. And that happened so quickly. And we were like instantly like, oh, my goodness, these are the most amazing people on the planet. And I want to stay here. Um, and so we ended up staying. And I think there are a whole lot of people that have experienced that too. I really think that's the fastball of this church. And that is, the, the, it, it's so obvious that it's easy to miss. But we're together because of love, because we actually really enjoy being together. And if you haven't experienced that, um, you will. <laughs> that's what I, I really, you will. Um, and sometimes it's a matter of stepping into some things that other people are doing. But that, that is who we are, we're a family. That's good. Oh, the next part? Oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. This is really weird. We've never done this before. I, I was like shared use the, the word stage. Good, and but then you said weird and then it made me weird, feel weird weird and good together. It's both. Weird. As a family, there are some core values that we hold on to. There really is the main thing. And and if we as a as a as a tribe in the church of God. There's one church. There's one church internationally known, expanding the kingdom of heaven. We are part of a two billion strong momentum of heaven that's happening on the earth right now. So that's pretty good news. As part of that church, we are a family. We're a tribe within that church. We are we are part of that overall momentum. But then as, as we've said, God, he's, he's, he's put us in, and I use tribes for because I think we have a good picture of what the tribes were like. We look at the 12 tribes of Israel, and they had their own unique things that they did. They had their own unique distinctives and, and emphasis that they operated with, but they understood that they were all part of the 12 tribes of Israel. They understood the promises of God were for them, and then they had an application, an emphasis that they brought to that. And it's important for us to understand as a, as a tribe here, as a family here, that we have our own distinct emphasis and and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But as one of those tribes we recognize as part of the, of the overall church, there are some key things that we're all about. And we want to talk about that right away, which is love God, love others, and serve both. You know, that really, if, if people ask you, hey, what, do you, what does Christ Center do anyway? What, what is it that, that, that you're up to? What do you guys, I mean, obviously you go to church on Sunday and you sing and you know, you bring your tithes and whatnot in there. And, but, but how is that life changing? How does that create heaven on earth? How does that extend the kingdom of heaven? And you say, well, it's very, it's very easy. What I'm endeavoring to do as a follower, as a son of, of God, as a daughter of God, is that I'm endeavoring with my family to love God, 
with all my heart, all my strength, all my time, all my money, all my passion. I'm endeavoring to serve others, to love others. And I'm endeavoring to do that by serving both. And it's so simple, yet it is so profound because this is what we're giving our lives for. This is what we're doing. We have a father and he sent Jesus and Jesus as the firstborn came. And what did he do? He said, I'm not coming to do what I want to do. I'm coming here doing what my father wants me to do. And that's to serve him and to serve you. So the firstborn came and demonstrated what that looks like. And that's it. That's everything for us. We're looking to do that in our families at home. We have husbands that, that are looking to say, how can I better care for you? Because you know what? I love God with all of my heart, and I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to show this in a way that makes sense to you. And so instead of throwing our clothes, you know, 10 inches from the hamper, we go and pick them up because we missed and put them into the hamper. It's a very practical. That's kingdom right there. That's kingdom. 10 inches is, is pretty close, though, depending on we. I feel like we should jump straight to inner healing. We, we maybe should. Since we know that we want to love God, we want to love others, and we want to serve both, it's the method that Jesus has given us to see his kingdom extend in every single way, in practical ways. I, I joke about the, the clothes in the hamper, but you, you want to know what? You want to know what the kingdom looks like? It looks like a husband who cares enough to get his clothes in the hamper. You want to know what the kingdom looks like? It looks like a mother who cares enough to put a note in their kid's lunch on the napkin that says, I love you. Have a great day today. The kingdom, what does it look like? It looks like a member who got their feelings hurt and is willing to forgive the person that hurt them and get over it and still give them honor and respect even though there was a wound. That's what the kingdom looks like. So there's a, there's a, in every situation, we're able to extrapolate. We're able to easily grab a hold of that and go, what does it look like in this situation to love God, to love others, and to serve both right now? What does that look like? And that's the target. And so uh, I, I had a picture at one point that God showed to me, and it, and it was what you're looking at right now. He showed me this archery target, and he said, this, this is what you're shooting for. This is, this is everything right here. Love God, love others. Serve both. Here's the target. In anything that you're doing, any ministry plan, any, any amazing adventure that you dream up to get the kingdom out there, it's got to hit that target. People need to end up loving God, loving others, and serving both. And, and how are you going to get to that target? Well, you're going to love God, <laughs> you're going to love others, and you're going to serve both. And he said, so, so that's what you're shooting at. But then he showed me these two pillars that you're looking at on the front. And, and we've we talk about this all the time as a team. It's how we plan. It's how we dream. Uh, but on one of the pillars it was written simplicity. And, and, I, and I asked him, God, <laughs> what's that mean? And he said, I don't want you to become corrupted to where you move away from the simplicity that we find in Jesus Christ. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians where he says, where, where he's the, the apostle is encouraging them, don't become corrupted by earthly wisdom to where you leave the simplicity found in your faith in Jesus Christ. Don't make things so complicated that people can't get into the kingdom. And how many of you guys know that, you know what, it's easy to do that. It, it doesn't take wisdom to complicate matters, does it? And so here, as a tribe, 
when, when we're dreaming, when we're, when we're making plans together, we, we think about these things. Does it pass through? If I were to shoot an arrow right now, standing from anywhere in this room, would it make it between those two pillars? And the second pillar, sustainability. When the Lord first gave me these two words, he, uh, I, I asked him if I could have some words that were maybe a little less trendy. He didn't answer. I'm going to take that as a no. Um, but sustainability. And he reminded me of the scripture that says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is not going to give us programs where we have to sacrifice ourselves, where we're willing to sacrifice our families and our wives and our children on the altar of busyness. I don't know if any of you have ever been sacrificed on the altar of busyness. It is not awesome. It is not a pleasing flavor unto anyone. I think we've all experienced that. Well, this is something God said. He goes, look, if you're trying to reach this target as a tribe, you have to pass between these two pillars. These will protect you as a tribe from coming up with a lifestyle that will make, that will make it impossible for you to hit the target. You'll always think about these two things when you create something. And then the final word that he gave me is he, he wrote networking over the top of it. I said, what does that mean? He said, that means that as you move forward, as you work towards taking the whole gospel to the whole city, as you look to see everyone loving God and loving others and serving both, and you want to meet the felt needs of your city or you want to meet the needs within your tribe, and you look around specifically and you see something that already exists that's doing the very thing that you see needs done, you go network with them. You don't create the same ministry. You go to the ministry that's already doing it, and you join them. In other words, you're not allowed to recreate the wheel. you got to go network because you're part of something bigger than yourself. And so for that very reason, you know, it's like why we, we work with local aid. We know that there's a need to have a food pantry. We know that we want to help people to make sure their electricity doesn't get turned off. But we didn't create a pantry at Christ Center and start taking offerings so that we could make payments for people when they need some help with their utilities. No, we work with local aid because they're already answering a, uh, a need within our community that's a kingdom need that, that, that resonates with us. But we network because God has said to us, Listen, if it already exists, you don't start your own and then put your name on it. Christ Center's civil need meeting ministry. It's a Christian food pantry. A Christian pantry. We've prayed over the food, taken communion with it. Now you can have what's left. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Um, there was a season when the church was like was really hip on that. Like everything has to have a Christian label, and we have to do thing, or we have to do our, our own thing here. And, and it, I just don't think that's really all that scriptural or effective. So local aid's extremely effective. So that's why it's great to partner with them. Um, we have some specific since we're a family, and since we have a pretty clear target of we're going to go after simple things and and not kill anybody in the process. <laughs> have you almost been killed in ministry before? Because I uh, almost have myself. Um, it's, it's burnout isn't spiritual. It's not. 
I don't think God delights in burnout. That's why he gave us the Sabbath. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, we have some. That's a quote right there. Somebody needs to put that on Twitter. Burnout, burnout is, is not, not spiritual. spiritual. Yep. Uh, hashtag Jason Haig rocks. Um, family emphasis. We have some, we have some things that we uh, join together with as a family that are big picture things that most of you guys are quite familiar with. And this is just thinking back on this past year. Um, there's, it's, been a, it's been a great year. Hasn't it? I, maybe it hasn't been for you, and I'm sorry if it hasn't. Um, I had some. <laughs> I don't know. This has just been a great year. Um, we 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 did a lot. Uh, we think about the local stuff that we were able to do together by linking arms as a group and saying we're we're going to emphasize this. We're we're going to to do this together uh, and serving our our city. One of those is is an ongoing uh, deal with restoration and on ongoing ministry that was that was Ed. Uh, Glassby birth restoration in 1822 and has been going strong <laughs> since then. That was before the website even, but he was... Amazing thing happened this year with restoration. Um, it really does go way back in the history of, of our church here, and it's been sort of a, a centerpiece of, of, um, of what we do. An amazing thing happened. Ed um, had some, was having some health issues and, and had blurred vision. And the Lord began to speak to him about getting a renewed vision. And so whereas before the focus in restoration was on co bringing this wonderful uh, uh, program uh, that brings inner healing and all these things to, to people in the churches, and the Lord said, I want you to focus on prisons. And you know what? The doors for this has been just swinging open all over the place. They've been having favor with chaplains and, and people to come in and lead groups. Right now, the, the new restoration series is in five different prisons, and they've raised enough money. They have funding now for the next 31 prisons to bring this into. Is that not just ridiculous? Now, we, we redid it together. We all joined together and, and redid it, and the Lord's brought Tito here, uh, has come alongside them and helped to expand that even more. Tito and Rahina, these guys are not only ex uh, crazy, uh, uh, well, crazy. Uh, they're, they're not only just super warm, they're in incredibly talented, and uh, it's sort of helped to bring things up to the next level as far as uh, the web presence and, and just getting this out there. So it's been a, a huge Awesome year for restoration. We're expecting bigger things. Um, you want to do this one? You know, I think just... We planned this. To give... Yeah, really, we, we actually spent really hours preparing, in, yeah. and it, which I think we shouldn't have told them because then it sort of takes away from what a great job we're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> With the family emphasis... Part of, part of what we do, you know, oftentimes people will come to Christ and they're kind of like, hey, how do I plug into your men's ministry? And we say, we don't actually have a men's ministry. And they go, well, then how do I plug into your women's ministry? And we say, well, we don't specifically have a women's ministry. And they go, oh, well, how, well then I want to plug into your whatever. And here's the bottom line. We don't have a long list of ministries that you can plug into. And there's a reason for that. Because we are keeping it very simple. We don't want to create a whole bunch of subcultures within the church that, that are just meeting on a specific thing. Now, does that mean that we as men don't get together and, and do different things? We do, actually. We're going to get together and go bowling. Uh, we shoot skeet together. Uh, we do go on a men's advance together. But we don't have an ongoing, I'm a man and I'm going to meet in this ministry type of situation. We do have groups that meet for 12-week inter intervals on a trimester schedule where you very likely, like last trimester, there was a men's Bible study that met but it fit within the simplicity and sustainability. Does this make sense? So we're specifically keeping things very accessible. There's lots of on-ramps 
but we're not creating a myriad different amounts of things that everybody in this tribe has to try to maintain in order for us to feel good about this tribe. Because what is this tribe trying to do? Love God, love others, and serve both. We want to take the whole gospel to the whole city. So these are the things that come into our thinking as we pray and seek the Lord on how to move forward. Is this making sense to you guys? And so when we look at these family emphasis, they have to pass through those pillars as well. Lord, what, what are the emphasis, what are some of the things that we can do much better together than we can do separately? Does that make sense? What are the things that, that we as a tribe, you're saying, hey, I want you to think about this and I want you to do it together because the truth is this, you can't really do apart. You got to do this together. Now, there's a whole bunch of things and we'll get to that, that we very much get to do because we're a family that we do as a son or a daughter, more specifically on our own uh, as an extension of the family. Um, but I, I just wanted to bring, bring some, some clarity to how we come up with this list. So some of those family emphasis that we have as a tribe is looking to take the gospel into the city by meeting practical needs and getting an opportunity to, to step into more relationship with our cities. And so, um, so with One Hope, uh, we, are, we are members of a wonderful larger family in this valley called One Hope. Um, there are about, uh, I think we're up to about 90 different churches that are a part of One Hope. We gather together once a month and pray together as pastors. And then we go out and we serve together. And you guys, have how many of you have been a part of Project Hope? Come on. How many of you have been a part of some of the other One Hope? Um, yeah. Lots of great stuff that we get to do. So with Project Hope, this year we got to go together and we, we do some very easy things. We, we go and serve both by putting bark and mulch at the schools, at the four schools in this area, by, um, by pulling weeds and, and sprucing up the schools before uh, school happens. And out of that, we're getting to build more and more relationships with those uh, civil servants here in our area. And they're beginning to open up the doors to say, hey, we really appreciate you coming and cleaning the school. That's awesome. But maybe you could send some people in to help us work with some of the kids because we, we really need some help. And so, but before that, they're going, oh, you're a church. We actually don't trust you guys very much. We've watched the news, and uh, you're not looking too good, according to what they're reporting on you. And that has changed because we went and put bark mulch in there. So you can see the strategy of heaven. But we had to do that together. And this year, I think we served, what, 38 schools together with the overall church. So that's pretty exciting. Um, we also took part in Supernatural Fest, which is a whole bunch of churches coming together and having an outdoor Worship in Eugene, of all places. How cool is that? And we saw a bunch of people get saved. We saw a bunch of people get healing. And a whole lot of people encounter the church and be excited about it. Uh, we did Resound Fest right here in our own backyard, which was incredibly successful. Um, we, we partnered together with seven churches in Junction City alone that came together to make this happen. It actually might have been more than that. We counted seven yesterday. Um, we raised a bunch of money and a bunch of food uh, for local aid. Uh, and we had a worship celebration where over a thousand people came right here in Junction City and played and had a wonderful time and, and got to know their neighbors. And it was, a, it was awesome. We all did that together. Um, Scandinavian Festival. Um, now, this wasn't just a time to, to get together and have a great time selling food, although it always happens and people, people love it. Um, we also this year had a specific focus to, to raise money 
for our missions, in particular, uh, to send a team to Namibia, a Sozo team to Namibia, to uh, uh, work with a, a base there that uh, is, is dealing with a whole bunch of sexual abuse with children in the community. So they're going to go in and give these tools to people uh, internationally that we have. And I just think it's beautiful. So we raised a ton of money um, for that and uh, for a couple other missions. So it was a, a, a beautiful thing. So, um, and finally, local aid is, is a consistent um, emphasis we've had here. We've had uh, many of you guys working uh, at local aid um, weekly. And in fact, the Thursday night thing that happens now, people come on Thursday nights, it's open. And, and that, that happened because our youth pioneered that. Um, so it's a, it's a continued, wonderful, effective ministry that we have. And it's something that we don't do individually, we do together. Um, and also, we mentioned this just last week, even the open heavens room. We're not sure what the Lord's going to do with this. We've had some uh, thought that maybe there, there's more uh, that he has as far as ministering to children and families of special needs kids. And we're just excited to see where that goes. But it's been a wonderful beginning that we've had. Um, international. Whoop, that all came up together. It's all right. We sent teams to Ethiopia. Ethiopia people, raise your hands. All right. Awesome. And just a ton of people met Jesus for the first time and experienced the love of Christ for the first time. Uh, an amazing thing happened there. It was beautiful. Uh, Joshua and I went to, uh, to help out with a, a China camp with CEO Global down in Texas, and we saw people get saved, and we saw people's paradigm totally turn upside down, the future leaders of China. We sent Jeff Shato to China, and Janae is, has been one of the key um, uh, facilitators of this entire movement of going and, and raising up literally the, the, the future leaders, the, the top .0001% uh, of students uh, in China who are going to shape the entire culture. We continue to be a part of that. And Pastor Red and I were able to go over to Cuba in, in uh, another scouting trip because the Lord's given us some incredible open doors there uh, to see the gospel being ushered in. And that's part of this church's legacy. And if you haven't heard those stories, um, you will. And feel free to ask us about it, and we can go into more detail. But just amazing things happening. So these are all things that we do together. And you'll notice internationally, um, really, our focus is, is sort of twofold. Uh, one one uh, on... Um, on uh, orphans, and that's where Streams of Mercy is, is a massive thing that we do as, as, as well, is giving an immediate 5% uh, of our, our monthly budget to Streams of Mercy. So it's working with orphans internationally and working to train leaders internationally. And really, those are the two big things. If, if there's other things that come up internationally that don't have to do with either training leaders or orphans, it doesn't mean we won't do them, but th that means those are the, the, the big things that we feel like the Lord's put on our hearts. Um, so th those are the, the things that we're going to go after uh, together. Amen? Any more time on we you got it? Okay. All right, let's do it. I'm going to read the word. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. And so Peter arose and he went with them. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. 
And when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Now, I think we're all familiar with this scripture. And it's a beautiful scripture because somebody got raised from the dead, which I think is fantastic. But I want to back up a little bit and, and think about here what Tabitha was to this tribe to this people, to this area here in Lydda, that this woman, it says that she was continually abounding in good works and charity. And what is, what is Tabitha actually doing? What was the proof that they brought when she died? They come to Peter, and the widows and the people are showing shirts that she sewed. Look at this shirt that, that Tabitha made for me. Oh, my gosh. She made this for me with her hands. She sewed a shirt. Bring her back from the dead. I think you're getting this. Look at this shirt that she made for me. She, she was a seamstress and she took thread and needle and she created it and she gave it to me. So therefore, bring her back from the dead. Tabitha had such an impact giving the very thing that she had to give. She was abounding with good works by bringing her strength. She looked around and she said, I love God. And I love others, and I want to serve both. And so she looked down, and she said, well, what's in my hand? You know, what's my ability? What do I have? What, what superpower did I bring to this here squad of extraordinary people? And she went, you know, I'm really good at sewing, and I'm really generous. So I'm going to sew for the widows. And so she started making tunics, and so she, which is a shirt, and she gives them to the widows. And it has such an impact on that community that when she fell sick and died, they ran to another town, got Peter, and started asking for a miracle, and then presented to Peter as proof that she should be raised from the dead the shirts that she had sewn for them. What's the point? The point is she understood the impact that she could have. And the even greater point is the impact that she did have with doing something so seemingly simple. So I would even say that we might possibly undervalue how profound the kingdom of heaven is in that when we give the shirt that we know how to sew, you know, Jesus said, if you give a cold cup of water, I mean, Red alluded to that today. It was Je He said, if you give a cold cup of water in my name, I will remember it. If you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. Now, here's the point. We as a tribe are living in a both cynical and celebrity-driven culture. And we have a tendency... I want to be the next Joyce Myers. You are the next Joyce Myers. <laughs> I just had sorry, to I, had to, I had to break it up. Some, sorry. It was good. I liked it. I liked it. I can't imagine any, I'm sorry. You really took me off the, the Sorry, I, I couldn't there. resist it. I couldn't resist it. Think about this, though. I, I think it's important for us to look at the culture that we live in and understand that it does have an effect on us. The, the prevailing force right now, the momentum of our culture, is this idea that we need a really big movement in order to get anything done. Now, it's just a truth. 
that's so accepted right now that we've elected leaders who will promise those, us those very things. Hey, just give us all the power and we'll do all the big, the big stuff for you. And people believe it to the point that they, that they do elect those that promise that. It's this idea that we need something really, really big in order to handle the, the things that are, that, are, that are facing us in this life. Now, God is really, really big. So on that level, people are correct. You need something really, really big. But it has to be God. And then he says, the kingdom is within you. And as you love me, and as you love others, and as you serve both, my kingdom will expand in practical ways. And so therefore, your life counts, Tabitha. Therefore, sew a shirt for this lady that needs a shirt. Because you know how to sew shirts. And she needs one. And, and we wanted to take this time to talk about how impacting that is. Because if we catch a hold of this, then your joy will increase because you begin to realize that there are people right now that if you fell sick and died, they would be saying, we need to raise this person from the dead. Because I don't have anybody else in my life that sews shirts for me. We have a lot of things we focus on together as a family that we think we have to do this together. But here's the thing. We don't need to all get together to do everything. And in the same way we have a celebrity culture, there are many who might look at the church. In fact, the cynical side of it are people who look at the church and say, the church doesn't do anything. And then by then they distance themselves from the church and blame everybody else. When really, okay, if the church doesn't do this thing that might be you know, on the cynics, on the first thing on the cynics' mind. They don't do anything to help the poor. My question would be, okay, well, what, what are you doing? See, we don't always, not everything, not every act of charity needs to be a, a, a big, we're all coming together and having this big corporate movement. It doesn't have to be that way. Now, as a family, we do have things we're working on. That's a, the slide we just looked at with all those big events. But most of the things that go on in the community don't need to be something that's initiated from this stage or from these offices. Most of the things that need to be done here are initiated by individuals and people in a family together, but not necessarily uh, to have a general on a white horse leading someone that direction. Does that make sense? So we have a whole lot of people that do this. In fact, we have a small list here that uh, we, we're not even going to get to all the names on this list. Uh, why don't you do the first one? People who are just like Dorcas. See, there's all kinds of things that Dorcas could have said. Well, I want to be a part of the ministry to the Gentiles, or I want to be a part of this that the disciples are doing. But she didn't do that. She took what she had individually and said, I want to do this thing. And we have some of those kinds of people here. Absolutely. You know, I think about how we want to be on the cutting edge of what God's really doing. I think everybody has that desire, yeah? Well, here's somebody who's on the cutting edge of what God's really doing. Sandra Homas. Sandra is feeling sick today, so Lord, we just lift her up that you would heal her completely in the name of Jesus. But Sandra comes into this house, and she sits over on this side, and she worships the Lord with us faithfully every Sunday, and she attends a home group. And you know what she does? She goes into our schools, and she helps little kids learn how to read. And she does that faithfully every week. And she is one of the preferred helpers in the classroom. The teachers want her working with their kids. So it's a well-known thing. Like, you want Sandra helping. You don't just want anybody. You want Sandra. She is affecting and impacting these young kids. And you know what? She has a special gift 
that she's able to work with the really unruly ones. There's a grace on her that she's able to just, she just brings peace. And the teachers know this, and they put her with the unruly ones. She's an unruly whisperer. <laughs> but you know what? She's extending the kingdom. This is her, this is her. <laughs> it was right there. It was the a slow one. pitch over the plate. <laughs> you know what? She's, but she's impacting the kingdom. She's on the cutting edge of what God wants to do. Our city yep. needs children who know how to read. Sandra Homas is making sure that it has that. We have others. We have so many others. I think of, um, we, we, never, we never conspired together and said, let's get people on the city council. <laughs> but we had Herb and Steve that go, you know what, I want to serve in this way. I want to bless our city and help uh, make wise decisions for our city so we can prosper. Because I love Jesus and I love my city. And I have these gifts and I can understand things. And I have some wisdom, some economic and practical wisdom that the city needs. So these guys jump on and have been serving on our city council. They're some of the leader, leaders of our city. And it was not anything that was initiated here. Peg. I feel like you should clap or something. That just seems yeah. like a really good... You know, I was thinking, uh, Brenda, Jane, Erickson, and, and Vernette, who faithfully serve in so many ways. You know, Brenda's an elder in this house. Um, Vernette has, has taught in the school when we had the private school. She works with the kids. She plays piano down at the, at the retirement center, and she goes into the mission. And all, of the, all three of these women go down and work at our local mission. They're, they're saying, I love God with all of my heart. And I love others. And so how can I serve both of these things? How can I take the gifts that I do have and bring them so as to see the kingdom extended in these places? where the Because the kingdom has the answer to every felt need. So whenever I serve, that's a kingdom win. And when I go and serve, people begin to encounter the Holy Spirit who's in me. And they say, it's different when you do it. I want what you have. And so what are they doing? They're bringing the kingdom of heaven, it's the cutting edge. You know, we all want to be a part of the cutting edge of the kingdom of heaven. I'm telling you, whenever you go and do something in the name of the king, you're extending the kingdom, which puts you on the cutting edge of it. I was thinking about Scott and Michelle Flora. Oh, yeah, let's clap for them. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thinking about Scott and Michelle Flora. They're, they're wave back there. I see you. I can see you. That's right. These guys are terrific, and they have a wild, they have, well, they have one wild heart of passion for, for intimacy and prayer, and they, they understand the power of it. So we did not initiate this whatsoever. They came to us and said, we would like to do some things with prayer, and we're already doing this stuff, and what do you think if we come here and do that? And so they pray every morning. We have the, 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 uh, uh, the prayer room here and from six to eight every morning they're there are are praying for our community for our church for lane county to see things happen and they've started uh working with this ignite lane county and started uniting a whole bunch of churches that are like-minded that believe in prayer and worship and intercession and they have done this it's not something that we've initiated we came from their own passion and they're doing a wonderful job and I, I have a feeling they're doing a whole bunch of damage to the enemy that we will not see for years and years because uh, uh, sometimes it's just suddenly when something breaks and you realize, oh my goodness, that's all the things that they've been jabbing into in the supernatural realm. Thank you guys. You're amazing. 
I'm so excited about all the members of the worship team. I don't know if you guys know, but we had two original songs in the soundtrack for the presentation that Jason put together um, with the team uh, for Christmas brunch. And so the songs that were going in the background, that was an original song by Josh Davis and an original song by Paul Nunn and produced and brought together by the, the Beardens. And so just a collaborative effort that is ongoing. And one of the promises we have in this house is that we are creating a new sound. And that's something that we're going to get to give away. And, and we're seeing that happen more and more. So more to come. But you're on the cutting edge of what God's doing in this area. And I, I bless you guys. I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, uh, I'm really encouraged. Uh, one of the ways that I see that's another beautiful Tabitha expression of knowing, hey, I love God. I love others. I want to serve both. I want to, I want to meet the need of my community. I want to contact others and, and let them experience what the excellence of heaven brings with someone who's willing to serve. And, and I so appreciate our coaches. I so appreciate uh, Jeff Starr getting on, the, on as a track coach. Not to unashamedly recruit to Christ Center, but to extend the kingdom because we want the whole gospel in the whole city. And that is, a, and that is, that is so, so a wonderful way to connect and to serve. And then uh, Terry and Chrissy Crabb, who are overseeing the athletic department in Harrisburg, it's a passion of their heart. They're looking and saying, what is it that I'm passionate about? Well, if you've talked to either of them for more than 35 seconds, then it's pretty much anything that's competitive, followed by sports. And, um, and so they brought that and said, you know what? We feel like we can serve our community by overseeing this. And it's running wonderfully well. We got, we got to come in and, and, and sit in in a couple of games. And you can sense a difference in the atmosphere with how people are interacting that is in contrast to the things that were far. I'm not tearing anybody down. I'm saying strength to strength and glory to glory. But it's because we have people who are saying yes. And bringing their gift and saying, I'm bringing heaven in this way. I'm serving in this way. And so we just commend you guys. And uh, I'm excited about that. Aaron, Aaron Oaks, too. Yeah, Aaron Oaks is coaching basketball now. So good job. Here, here's, here's the point. I think I mentioned, uh, oh, yeah, and Josh Davis. Oh, we have more. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. The place is rotten with coaches. I know. Here's, here's the point. I think I mentioned uh, last month a quote by a man named Frederick Buchner who said, you're called to the place where your deep hunger and the world's deep gladness meet. Isn't that good? That's where you're called, the place where your deep hunger and the world's deep gladness meet. And we all here have deep gladness, and we all here understand the things. We have some things to offer. In fact, one of the things we say, sort of a slogan for our church, is we are a local church of powerful people. Powerful people who release heaven. And I really believe that, and I don't know if you guys believe that about yourselves. If you're like me, you probably have an easier time believing that in your neighbor than yourself. But you have power. You have passion. You have giftings. You have burdens. And uh, we, here's what I want to let you know. Here's the point of all this. You don't need to get permission to use those. You don't need permission from, you already have permission. You were given deep gladness to share it. That was the reason you were given deep gladness. And I think so many times we can come in with a thing of like, well, I have this thing I love to do, but I have to put it on the altar and set fire to it because that's what God loves. What is that? The days of burnt offerings are done. Um, he, he's given you things that, that you love. He's given you passions, things that you're really good at. He's given you vision to see people in unique and beautiful ways 
so that you can use them, so that you can use those gifts, so that you can love those people. And here at Christ Center, we believe that you, you should be free to go and do that however you want and to take people with you. And we don't need, you know, I, I, there are some places where I, I, I suppose people are a little more rigid about that or something, like want to make everything a church program, and that's their thing, but that's not us. I just want to let you know, we, we're not going to try to co-opt anything or make it our program. We're not into that. We're a family. And so what I want you to know is you have power, and you are blessed in the name of the Lord to use that power to love our city, to love our community, to love your neighbors. And I believe the Lord backs you up in that. And I believe you'll be able to take people along with you. It might not be something that is led up from the front. And guess what? It probably shouldn't be. That's not our heart. We don't need a thousand different ministries here. We want a family. And so you guys are family. And I just want to say, uh, we love you guys. We really do. I can't imagine being anywhere else, honestly, and being around people like you. And I want you to know, it's going to be an amazing year. And I think if we, if we all come into this new year with a sense of expectation, a creative expectation, that, Lord, I want to do something new with you this year, and do something amazing with you this year. It's not that you have to be uh, given permission to do that. You do. You have permission to dream and to go, what could we do? Even if it's a little tiny thing, even if it's making a shirt for somebody. Still, that is loving our community, and that's building the kingdom, and that's what we're all about. So I bless those things that look like little things to other people. I bless those things. I'm telling you there's power in those things. There's power that you have. Amen? Amen. So let's stand together. Lord, first of all, we thank you for the wonderful victories of 2013. We thank you for, Lord, uh, uh, relationships healed, for marriages restored. We thank you for people who came to know you. We thank you for uh, uh, new levels of breakthrough financially. We thank you for breakthrough spiritually. We thank you for all the amazing things that you did and are still doing. And we look forward to new reports of those things. And Lord, we bless the individual dreams and visions that are on hearts in this room. I pray that you would be stirring those things up over these next few days. I pray that you would stir up things that have been covered over, and I, I pray that you would break those, the, the hardness that might be in some to say, I don't have anything to offer. Holy Spirit, we invite you to breathe on our hearts. you guys agree with that? I pray that you just breathe on our hearts so that those passions and those things uh, uh, that, that, that were once recognized and forgotten would be remembered. I pray that there would be dreams being remembered for your kingdom. And all those things that are looked on as insignificant. Holy Spirit, we say, there's nothing you do that is insignificant. There is nothing you do that's insignificant. There's no glass of water that's given that's not significant. And I pray for a whole bunch of Holy Spirit victories in this room. Father, I want to ask that you would quiet us in your love, in the places where we're seeking identity and we just need to know that the greatest thing we can ever be is your son or your daughter. God, it's not going to be the ministry that we work as a part of. It's not going to be the things that we accomplish. Those will not be what we care to be known for. What we care to be known for is the thing you've given us freely, that we're a son. We're a daughter. We're a daughter. 
we're a son. Because that's true, then we simply look to you and say, Lord, what do you want to do in this place? Because I'm here and I'm yours. And whatever you want to do, I want to be a part of it. Father, I pray that you would deliver us from that, that uh, just our own idolatry in the area of being a celebrity, of needing to be known by others for what we do, of needing to be known <laughs> for what we do. Lord, we just cast that aside. We want you to be known for what we do. We want you to be known in whatever we do. And we don't care what it is. Lord, we're giving you a blank check. And that blank check is our life. You already created us carrying solutions. So just show us where to apply it, Lord. And we'll stop telling you how it has to happen. We love you this year, God. We receive your love. And we bless you. Amen. I want you to do something for me, if you would. Will you just go lay hands on somebody and bless them in the name of Jesus? Just bless them. Bless them and bless the ministry of Jesus Christ in them. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, but I want everybody to leave here blessed. So would you do that? Would you just, just put your hand on them and just bless their ministry. Pray whatever blessing is in your heart, but just bless them. We'll see you guys.